Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first Wag Die Weekly, the community podcast spaces where we cover all things Wag Die. Wag Die is a Web3 based project that utilizes theatrical storytelling and fantasy role playing to create an immersive adventure experience. This is Josiah live in the studio, broadcasting live through Luta the Beacon. At any point, hit that mic on your bottom left screen to claim your open seat. How's it going, everyone? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you doing? It's been a groovy week. Today was a good day. Why is that? We got turbo tokens. <laughs> yeah, it looks like um, you know, well, what's his name? Uh, Grimlock had first name drop the tokens that we could expect from this past adventure, but it looks like we got a little surprise in there. Yeah, indeed. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get into all the covering, but um, thanks for this. Is, I'm really excited about this show. It's a nice opportunity every week for everybody to get caught up on the story stuff they missed. We know Wag Guy is a kind of big project at this point uh, with a lot of story elements and different things happening and different plot lines. So this is kind of our like, you know, kind of informal but fun way of wrapping your getting everybody back on the same page and, you know, catching up with all the storylines that we may have caught up with or not missed or whatever. Um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this show. Uh, what, what, what are your, th- this is the first episode. Huh? What, what are your th- expectations for? What should people look forward to? Yeah, it's, um, I, I just want to reiterate that this is first and foremost, a casual community spaces, right? So, you know, there's always open seats for every, anyone um, to come and share your thoughts and experiences. So just looking to uh, have more of that and have a, you know, weekly time where people can just get into voice and, and share about how their experience of the, the Wag Die week has been. Pretty cool. Yeah, right on. Um, so how, how do we kick this off? I mean, we can do, any, we can do anything. This is the first episode. We, there's no rules yet. We can do anything we want. Yeah, I feel like uh, let's start with the, uh, the main storyline. I feel like that's a good place. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure most of you are, uh, are familiar with, we'll, we'll cover the broad strokes here. Um, but very recently, we just returned from, from Mount Turlow, or we're on our way out from Mount Turlow. Um, 30 Wag Guy entered uh, with a character named Grimlock, who at first seemed like a pretty jovial fellow who wanted to get into the center of Mount Turlow and blow this thing called the Red Horn so that he could get access to the inner chamber and finally get in touch with uh, Yuria's Molten Heart. Now, the Molten Heart is interesting to us because it is one of the tokens of Concord that's required to power uh, this compass that we were given, um, Luda's Silver Compass. And once it's powered up with uh, three tokens, specifically the Molten Heart, the Stone of Zoe, and the Serpent Scale, uh, we'll be able to use that to locate uh, Luda the Striver, who is one of the 17 and a key figure in a lot of the narrative that has been missing for some time. Um, of course, things inside Mount Turlow took a, a rather dangerous turn. A lot of good old wag guys found their doom uh, pretty quickly on the journey, and then even more uh, were felled as we... Uh, we reached near to the inner chamber and uh, Grimlock revealed himself to be a bit of a traitor, transformed into this horrible demonic creature called Malosh. And uh, it, took, uh, it took seven lives to, uh, to, to take him down. We didn't even take him out. He, he just got wounded and left. Um, but the inner chamber was left open to us um, and he vowed to get his revenge on us. So we've got this uh, horrible demon that's now uh, watching out for all of our actions. Um, but everybody, we made it into the inner chamber uh, where we met the Molten Toad, and he told us all kinds of things about Yuria and Treaty and the world, um, which you can find on the wiki or other uh, summary pages. Um, and in there, we found Yuria's Molten Heart. Um, four of the Wag guys uh, who had the strongest Turlo lineage had to stay behind um, as the Rocks and tumbled and boulders fell and sealed off the inner chamber, locking them in there forever. Um, but then we, uh, we made our way out uh, to freedom. Um, and today uh, there was a, a raptor that ate one of the uh, wag guys who was hanging out with us. 
Uh, and now we have a, a new token. Actually, both both the Grimlock token has turned into Moloch. I mean, you can see, I think he's number 63. And then the Raptor 8, number 85, if I'm not mistaken. And both of these are now new. Um, there's new artwork on their, on their characters, new traits on their characters. Uh, and we're seeing the first um, sort of non-human, uh, or sorry, non-wag guy, non-traditional wag guy PFPs, apart from the amalgam. Uh, in the in the collection, uh, which is really interesting. But then another red raptor uh, dug up a bunch of uh, talent, or sorry, sorry, raptor's tooth today. Um, there was also some obsidian blades handed out, um, and uh, the molten heart has been uh, give, gifted to the four who stayed in their uh, in the chamber. One of which uh, Council of Six has already donated to the. Conclave Wallet, uh, big thanks to that. So we are officially at this point one third done the collective quest of powering up Luda's Silver Compass. Did I get everything? Did I forget anything as far as main main story goes? That sounds about right to me. Um, I, I want to highlight something that I, I kind of brought up with, too, with the Primordial Lands, where the, the main account had incorporated these new elements into their storytelling. With the Primordial Lands, you know, it was this influx of all these new characters with unique traits. We had the, the strange beast, uh, the strange man, a.k.a. the druid, and then, of course, the moth. And then they also integrated music into their spaces. So I thought that was really cool. And we're seeing yet again, you know, this this kind of evolution of Wagdai storytelling where for the first time they're creating these animated narrative drops um, to tell this Mount Turlo chapter. And it's funny because I remember when the first one drops, um, you know, Merlin and I were having an, and Prince as well, we were having an open conversation in the library about, you know, our, our nitpickings with it. And like, you know, saying, oh, like the, the, the corners aren't properly edited out and why is there still white and like this is weird um, but I think the rest of the community uh, really took to it and I think as time went on we all really kind of it grew on us um, who what was the first death animation actually does anyone remember yeah I think it was the two falling into the lava flow as oh, yeah. they entered basically <laughs> they just, right off the bat yeah, I, I, I loved the animations right from the start. Like I was, I, I mean, I, I, I quite enjoyed the um, surprise of it, you know, uh, for as a as a different type of medium for for this uh, project to use. But also, like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being funny. Like, I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's just that humor hasn't, historically speaking, been a. Uh... The aspect of the wag die storytelling has always been very, you know, melancholy and and droll. Um, we I, yeah, I don't even know if that was supposed to be intentionally funny, but who knows? Right, I don't know. I mean, there's been things we've had Jobus the Jester, and like I don't know the community. The I'm, actually a lot of community driven stuff has been funnier than like core wag die stuff. You are right about that, but um, I don't know. There's I think there's a place for it, especially like. You know, if you're gonna find out that your character's dead, <laughs> like which way? How do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear it with a, a frowny face or a laugh? Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious to see whether they will continue implementing this kind of uh, a storytelling in the further chapters. You know, will we ever see the the OG narrative drops where it's just audio and like Rita's PFP? Like, I wonder if they're gonna go back to that. But we yeah. should be. Oh, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. I mean, like the, it's all as as production allows, I guess, or or the relative importance of, you know. I mean, I'm sure this won't be the last time we see animation. Um, I would be surprised if we got it like super regularly, because you know, even light animations like that have got to be hard to to crank out on a routine basis, and. So I won't be surprised if we see just, you know, like PFP audio drops again. I think the audio is one thing that's always going to remain, um, you know, perpetual in this. But uh, I, I don't know. I think as it's needed, you know, use what you can with use what you need when you can rather than, you know, coming up with standards for everything. 
Yeah, absolutely. That helps with the variety too. Cold world. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was going to also say that, uh, I loved the, uh, just the, the media switch up and, um, clearly we have, um, I don't know if it's the same person who creates these or if there's different people that are, they're bringing on, or they're just like learning as they go. But either way, it's like really cool to see the switch up and to, yeah, to go back to just like a P- PFP audio drop. And then, you know, next time we're at the church or any somewhere else, uh, if, you know, not to assume we go back to the church because um, I know there's people um, not for it. But uh, it would be cool to kind of see these other audios and, and visualize uh, videos to kind of like, uh, bring things together and just get greater uh, immersivity into the project. Really fun. I just think that, like, if they had done individual audio bits for each of the deaths, it would have been like, like, if you close your eyes and listen to those animations, you know, it's, it is kind of hard to get a sense of what's happening, right? Like, you hear footsteps and then, uh, whoa, whoa, and then uh, burning sound, like, how are you going to know that's them falling into lava unless somebody goes, oh, no, they have fallen into the lava. And that's like, as a, uh, you know, that's not super immersive. I, I love that portion. I love letting my like mind fill in the blanks. Her silence will come up. Hey, hey give me a second. Yep. Yeah, sure. Um, but I mean, I, I guess I also want to talk like not just mechanically and, and you know, uh, media wise what this this adventure had been, but like narratively, this thing was dense. Like we got, I, I spent, oh God, I had to spend like two very, very late nights logging everything into the wiki for, for what had happened. Cause we, we had so many things, not only the like entire backstory of Yuria and her connection with the treaty and the Yorn and Yogg conflict they had and who the Furies were and this whole like saga of the, of their, the berserker party um, to her merging with the mountain um, but also, like, uh, you know, this was the first time we got to see traits um, being really pivotal to character survivability kind of stuff um, in terms of the, the, the quest they were on. Um, but we also got our, a major villain, which was super cool. Um, like you said on previous spaces, like, it's something that's been, you know, it's been very faction oriented and that's cool. And maybe there are people that will align with Malosh, but like even he's outcasted from the, the nameless serpents, you know, gang, he's like, nobody likes this dude. So it's kind of cool that we've got, you know, somebody that we can all just kind of hate on really well. Um, And, and, you know, we had everything in this arc. I think it's one of the strongest storylines that we've had in recent times. Um, you know, it's got it's got deaths, it's got combat, it's got lore dumps, it's got cool artifacts, it's got a uh, unique environment, it's got, you know, details about the 17. There's all sorts of things in this one. And I'm really, really um, excited to see the community has really responded. I don't know if you've, you've noticed, but like, there's a lot of Urias stands out there now. Yo, I'm a I'm a big fan for uh, driving that obsidian blade right into Malash, whoever has those. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's amazing. Yeah, I see One-Eye Raven is bringing that idea up as well. Let's uh, let's touch base on these tokens, because they dropped earlier today, three of them, um, as we mentioned. So it looks like, the, first of all, the Raptor's Tooth. So it looks like everyone, uh, those 30 of Turla, for the most part, received one. The Tooth of a Red Raptor, the Furies laid fallen comrades to rest with a single Raptor Tooth hung around their neck. Very cool lore. Yeah, it, it'll be fun to see these used in like funeral events or something later down the road. Oh, okay. Uh, that'll be kind of interesting, you know, as a, as, a, as a right of respect. And there's enough of them that like, I mean, we're, we're always looking for these tokens of concords, you know, like they represent a group, you know, you guys can, can band together around these tokens and there's definitely enough of them to um, satisfy that, you know, a really strong little group of, of Turlo fans. Um, no, no, I, I want to stay on the, the token um, talk, but I did have a quick question. Was it ever mentioned or uh, gone into detail on like how or why Grimlock was able to morph or change into Malash? 
Yeah, that's actually a really good question. So if you check out um, uh, Fate of Wagdai, I'm going to go there right now myself, character, slash characters slash 63, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 63 is Malash the Outcast. Um, it details how he could transform and, and how he has this power. Um, the official backstory being Malosh the Outcast was deemed unfit for the worms. Slowly, he burrowed his way into a dark corner of the earth. There, he came into contact with a hybrid being. Uh, in his fear, he called out to the nameless serpent, but his call was received by the hybrid, and he took a strange form. Malosh has long plotted in the depths since that moment. So it, it's due to this hybrid being. And if you check his uh, stats, his traits now, they're all called Wormlord Hybrid. We have no idea what this hybrid being is or what that means. Is that like a term for one of the 17, a possibly Wormlord Cull? Is that uh, a new sort of powerful entity in this world? We, we really don't have enough information um, to deduce what this hybrid being is, but it's the reason why uh, it's like infected uh, Malosh with the with its power, and that's how he can transform into this beast. Hell yeah! Okay, yeah, I, I do remember a little little bit of that. Kind of reminds me a little bit of if anyone has ever seen the anime or the show Devilman Crybaby. Uh, it kind of gives me a little bit of a vibe off one of the villains there. Um, so 30 got the raptor's tooth is that also including the people that got the uh the blade too is only there's only two blades right there are only two blades and uh i've I've been trying to fully deduce how it happened but i think there was the um yuria's madness.eth uh account if i'm not mistaken um where uh, i think wolf was the only one uh, who sent someone to their death at uh, at that hand. And I, I think that might have resulted in um, the Obsidian Blade, which makes it a super rare piece. But Merlin also got one, you know, being a, a chosen of, of Uriah of sorts. Um, it's it's quite a quite an interesting token. I don't, I can't say I, I've fully figured out why there's two and why they went to the two, but I mean, for, for people who played strong roles in the storyline, I think they absolutely did. Yeah, I, I guess that's the big mystery people are asking, right? But, uh... And then there was uh, how many? Four Molten Hearts? Or three? Yeah, four. Four Morton Holt parts. One to, one to each of the wag guys who stayed in there. But I think Bus had uh, had two in there, or was that was that Brennan? I can't remember. Uh, Brennan. Brennan. Council of Six had his, uh, he calls them his babes. They're, uh, they both have tunic of yours and uh, nice hair. And they both were selected by the Molten Frog to stay, presumptively against their will, um, to keep her heart alive and happy. So... At least he's benefiting in some way. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty exclusive token and, and super big props to him for, for giving one to the Conclave itself so that we could power the, the compass. That's, that's a huge, huge gift considering how rare those things are. Um, so th- does this open up the idea that through other factions and identities that there are there could be greater uh depth or benefit to who we choose to send into these decisions you know i mean for sure it's this is the first time we've ever seen traits matter which is interesting Right. Uh, before, you know, the Glutton's Maw was the first time we've ever had like a, a, an en masse send into the Maw. And here we go, you know, apart from just sending shit to the burn address. Um, but that was, you know, pretty agnostic in terms of like what you sent. Everybody got turned to bone there. Um, but with this one, it was like only Turlo traits, you know, survived and mattered and could have access to getting this molten heart, which is really cool. Um, it's something that like, you know, I'm, I'm usually not a fan of trait specific, you know, mechanics in terms of like, oh, this one deals five damage and this one deals 20 damage or whatever. 
But this is like all narratively driven, you know, you've got to understand what it is that you're what's on your character and what does it represent within the world, which encourages people to get deeper into the lore, to have a better understanding of like, what is this character doing in this world and who are they aligned with and who hates them? And, you know, what, you know, it, it creates more depth to your character and having these opportunities to send them off potentially to their death. Um, is is exciting um and i and i appreciate that like you know even though there were plenty of people who like just said it's like oh address is out send the fucking wag die that's what we do go right like they still got something for it they still got their talent so it's not like you ever lose your um you know your voting stake or anything by playing along um typically we have not yet seen anybody die without receiving a you know a token unless they sent it to the burn themselves or or whatever um, which I, I have done before Oops. um and, uh, the, uh, the great debacle of the uh the crows trial <laughs> uh prince what's up hello hello <clears throat> i was looking at or listening to y'all talk about that and then i started looking at the inner chamber and i'm a little lost i don't see any turlo traits on the four that stayed except for the one with the helmet that has Urius power. The other three, including Council of Six's babes, have tunics of yore. Uh, do tunics of yore indicate something? So if you look at the four that are sitting in the inner chamber, they all do appear to have uh, the purple the purple clothing on one is sleeveless clothing and the other three are non-sleeveless. They all also appear to have uh, breasts. So maybe they were all female or something, but one of them has a beard. I'm not sure, but you know, the trait specific situation here does seem it's interesting because it's not, it's not urea specific or at least that I can tell. Yeah, I had I had a bit of, uh, I, you know, I think we need to do some serious dissection. Into, I think, obviously, the traits have some connection, um, right. given the way that the lore was written around it. But, you know, I was expecting her lover to be a very key trait. And, like, it looks like a lot of the her lover characters, you know, um, were either killed or, 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 or sent away. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm at a loss on that as well. I sent a Turlo, Turlo traded a wag guy that did not make it. So I thought that I was going to go far with mine. And instead I got killed right before the molten heart. Right. So but did, did yours have any, um, Agoran traits with it? Let me check. If I'm not mistaken, I do think I remember a Turlo traded, but that also had a, had some Yorn and Yogg or, or, or mother Agora silence. What's up? You finally got your mic good. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I was thinking about, uh, the hybrid, right? So he, Malash, whatever his name is, right? The guy, um, obviously, he's a worm lord follower or whatnot, right? And he reached out, he found a hybrid being. Do we think this has anything to do with the rumored third or the merge of the worm and Agora? Right. So that's another big concept that came up in the spaces. Um, with the Molten Toad revealing the prophecy of the third. Like, we all know about the two. Um, and, you know, the it's a very empty, like, a, not a very full prophecy right now, but it basically just says that as there are two gods, you know, a third will come. Uh, and that frightens both Mother Agora and the Nameless Serpent, but we don't have any of the traditional details on that. You know, it could be something new coming along, a merger of the two gods. It could be um, us rising to power um, to become the third. Uh, Ham. Uh, I did my I did my digging. So this is super interesting. My wag guy that died has a Urias power armor, which is the same armor that one of the four possesses that's still there. It has from what I can tell, no Agoran traits, and it is, in fact, a Wormkin Elite. And what, number, what number were you? 4176. All right, let me have I a look. Have, have a Urian Quill, a Brimstone background, a Wormkin Elite body, no hair, no mask, and Urius power armor. 
At what point did you die? I died in the the last spaces battle. Oh, in the fight. In the fight. In yeah, the fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 sounds fine to me, like narratively. Yeah. Right, because it's not like Yuria's traps killed you or anything. That was Malosh killing you. Right. Yeah, but why didn't I make it into the heart? And why did two from one person, you know? That's what I'm saying. I don't know, I man. Council of Six is highly hacking. favored. He's he's hacking, dude. Council of Six is dev? He's hacking. He's dev. Yeah, he got two baddies sent into the inner chamber, and mine is identical to one of them, and I didn't get in there. I'm going to go talk to him. It sounds, it sounds like this needs to be settled with a Wagdai duel. Uh, I, I will be looking for that challenge token to be sent over uh, post haste. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but Josiah, before we, we, we rip on forever, we have done about half an hour of the, the storyline. There, there are a lot of community initiatives and, and character dealings as well that we should probably get to covering um, before the, the space goes on for a thousand years. Um, yeah. Let's hop into uh, what you guys are doing and how you're impacting, uh, you know, the Wagdai lore. Um, I see Chimera posted in the uh, the library some update from Just a Healer. Um, Just a Healer is an account that appeared maybe a week ago, and I love his take because it's something that we haven't seen before. He's he's not advocating for death and destruction or mystery. He's actually trying to uh, provide medicinal services to the folk of the Forsaken Land. So it's a very novice angle, I think, for community characters. Um, but it looks like his latest post is that um, he has obtained a frog of Detriti, a toad of Detriti. Yeah, he's got these, he's got these lengthy scrolls that are, uh, it takes some time to read. I haven't, you know, this one just dropped, so I haven't had a chance to, to look at it. But uh, it is pinned up at the top now for everybody. But it is, it's nice to have a doctor. We haven't had anybody try and heal people yet. There's only been chaos and death and destruction. And now we've got, we've got somebody with a Band-Aid or two. That's what about, nice. What about the inn? Wasn't there healing going on at the, the inn? But we didn't have like a specific character for it, right? Uh, the inn, the inn is, I think, a place of of congregation and uh, marching off to your death or a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's the place you go to to await your certain doom. Um, just, I, I think you you've read more from Just a Healer than I have. So, can you give us like a quick rundown of like what's been posted so far, like what the the the, the community narrative driving there is? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't I haven't read through all of it, but from my my brief understanding, so he's a doctor. He does have a uh, his um, character sheet page linked, and he he dwells in a town called Latish, I believe. Um, and uh, you know he's exploring some kind of plague and sickness that seems to be circulating in the area. Um, I will say from the 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 medical journal. Um, scrolls i i do read and remember the writing is very good um didn't see any grammar issues or semantic errors so that that made it really fun um the format is cool too it's a white scroll on the background definitely different from what we've seen but yeah he seems to be um working to to find a remedy for this plague um that's that's uh circulating the town of Flatish. I don't know what the uh well this is this is what I will say about LARP that you know it when done really well it invites the community to engage. So you know right now it seems like to me he's setting up the the scene and I wonder when that that aspect is going to come where there's actually a chance for um community involvement. Kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I'm going to have to take another deeper dive into that all, but uh, uh, I am always happy to see new characters popping up, um, especially as we have some characters uh, vanishing uh, at the end of the, uh, the, the, the Uria saga, I'll call it. Uh, it seems that uh, Merlin 
is gone. Um, unconfirmed reports of his death, uh, but absolutely he is either vanished, dead, sleeping, something. He's not here anymore. Um, he's uh, he's not even in the server anymore. Uh, his uh, OpenSea page has also been um, reorganized. You can see he's now got categories um, for his tokens of Concord, but also minions uh, and mysterious guests and hostages, uh, which is uh, an interesting uh, breakdown of, of the, the wag guys that are in his account. Um, I don't know what this means for his storyline, whether he'll he'll be dormant and, and return at, you know, when we need him most or um, whatever, but it seems that uh, you know, as he's reached his apex of power here for now, um, we, we may be writing Merlin list or, or, or something else may be developing within his character. Um, and that's a, an interesting development. Yeah. It... Go ahead, Her Silence. So back to uh, Just a Healer. Kind of coincidental that we're talking about him and then Merlin. Maybe um, not such a coincidence, but um, Just a Healer. What's interesting is his, his narrative here is um, he's uh, exploring a lot of the. Uh, I think he's. I think he's exploring in, in a direction that a lot of the uh, the treaty fans here will be fans of. I just don't know yet if he is her ally or her enemy. You know, like it's kind of interesting. I don't know exactly where he stands, but um, it's very interesting. And the more he, the more he, um, the more he shares, the more I consider where I would vote, where we're going to go next. And I'm uh, starting to think we really should go to the swamp. I know they want us to go to the church. Everybody wants to go to church. I guess. I don't know. I've got a her silence mask, dude, but I'm, I'm ready to go to the swamp, to be honest. Interesting. I did not expect to hear that coming from you. Um, yeah, there's a, there's, I think there's a number of things that are happening at the church that are kind of driving some importance there, but... Uh, We'll have to wait and see what our other options are, I think, before we can properly wait at all. Yeah, I, I know the church is very important. Um, I just don't want to see any warm lords, to be honest. Like, hey, they burn it down, we'll go somewhere else. Interesting. Um, <laughs> right. The, um, uh, go on, Cole. I was just gonna say, uh, Lee. I don't want to interrupt uh, any other anyone else's thought process, but Lee Ortiz uh, has made a post. Oh shit! Yeah, I just see this here. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Josiah, do you have a, a means of playing this audio? It's a minute long in the spaces. Can you do that? Yeah. Let's uh, let's check out what his uh, his letter. I'll, yeah, I'll get it pinned. And you, oh, it's already pinned. Okay. Here we go. Let me try. A pigeon arrives at the windowsill of the library and drops a small piece of parchment. To the scribes at the Concord of Research, I write to inform you I have completed the arduous journey to the Crow's Den. I have never traveled this far south of the Putrid Forest and had only wandered in the woods a short time before I feared as though I may become helplessly lost. Yet as it turns out, only needs to follow the incessant calling to discover where these rabble-rousers roost. Although I was expecting more fanfare upon my arrival, I have found these avian admirers to be rather hospitable, and by the time you receive this message, I will have likely won them over. Soon I am to begin my evaluation of the proper methodology to discern the secrets of the Justice Wand. Stay tuned for my inevitable breakthrough. Your beloved hero, Julian Tryhard. <laughs> Your beloved hero. Absolutely, my beloved hero. Godspeed, Julian, uh, doing the good work for us. Um, for those of you who are unaware, uh, Julian Tryhard has recently ventured to Crow's Den. He he is currently under Crow possession, uh, or, or as he begins uh, work um, to uncover the secrets of the Jester's Wand. Uh, what this will entail 
or whether he's even safe is, is potentially still up for debate. Um, I do believe that this letter is authentically from Julian. I can't possibly imagine a crow writing in his style so well. Uh, but uh, we, we are yet to, to see what's, what's to happen with this, uh, this Jester's wand. I'm, I'm sure Julian is going to discover something that none of us have considered yet. Um, do, you, do you worry uh, about his safety at all, though, being in Crow's Den? Was there only one Jester's wand? There is, in fact, only one Jester's wand. Hmm. I'm still waiting for that brew. <laughs> I love his uh the the I I just assuming it's mid journey but you know, the uh the red bandit's helm that trait is uh I think he's the first person to really make that iconic with his character so it's nice to see that pop up in his uh his AI art that he used for the uh, the the narrative drop very cool yeah uh, I'm 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 quite enjoying his adventures. Um, and it's cool to see characters, you know, branching off and taking risks like this. Um, I think we're all sitting on the edge of our seats waiting to see if Julian's ever coming back or not. Um, but it's nice to hear uh, a, a word from him, you know, delivered by a crow, no less, uh, an actual, an actual crow. Um, so I, I think that speaks a little bit of a comfort to me. I'm honestly surprised that he is still alive. For Agents of Chaos, I'm a little disappointed. And I think maybe the people that we really should be concerned about are the decrepits. I don't think the crows are um, are uh, living up to their to their name or their um, dark dark uh, spaces guild moments. So, oh, they've killed plenty, and I think. I think there's a miscategorization of the crows. You know, we, I think they got a bit of a bad rap during the uh, slaying of Euler, but, um, you know, chaos is not just destruction, you know? Chaos is, is all things, isn't it? So if they're keeping you on your toes, if they're surprising you with the benevolence here, then um, perhaps they're fulfilling their purpose after all. Yeah, very true. I'm, I'm just instigating, but very true. Crows, Did crows someone say instigating? Oh boy, you guys are about to start a war, aren't you? <laughs> I think they have been mischaracterized. So far, no one has ever mentioned how bad they smell, except for me. So I just want everybody to know that. Uh, these I crows stink. Oh, that's true. Just yeah, you smelled them too. They. they it's really impossible not to smell. Anyone who says they don't smell anything is lying to themselves. Yes. I think my my own personal odor just overrides it. Uh, you know, it's very hard for me to catch a whiff of anybody but my own mm. my own scent. Um, but silence. You mentioned decrepits. Um, decrepits also did something interesting this week. Uh, they just had a ritual sacrifice. Uh, no, no, nothing, nothing major to it, other than let's destroy something, um, which I kind of enjoy. Uh, but there was another project out there called We All Survived, um, and they had 10K of them, but now there are only 9,999. Uh, the Decrepits have uh, have slain one of theirs who've uh, you know, semi-stolen our, our namesake. Um, and I don't think it's like, a, it's not a light token either. Like it's a, what are these at? Yeah, they're, 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 they're a, a little penny. Um, so it was cool, cool having some influence on them. Uh, seeing seeing some chaos there. I think I'll I'll, I'll go dig that pin out. But like, I just is did. that what is that? Oh, you did. Thank you. Um, is that uh, is this on track for the decrepits now? Do they just are they, they've been slaughtering? Like previously, they did a couple of other projects as well, right? They they've been just going project to project and killing off uh, some tokens. I think they got something in the bag too, right? What do you mean? Uh. Well, uh, I don't. I mean, yeah, it was wasn't uh, isn't someone sitting on a gnome? Oh, what it, gnome? The, it's lost. We don't know. We don't know what. You're yeah, talking about. I, I'm not sure. But what gnome? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, as a follower of Agora, 
decrepits are the ones that most uh, keep me up at night at the moment, and I uh, definitely would expect more from them. I'm glad that Prince uh, just posted this because w- what is Young Surf on, man? Because he's he's showing up to uh, to the to Mount Turlo uh, kind of late. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. You'll have to ask Young Surf himself, the prophet. He seems to be going to all of the locations after we've already left them. I guess he's busy drawing art and not following the crowd. <laughs> he's getting delayed. That's a stick piece of art. Yeah, I pinned that. I pinned that. So I've been trying to uh, think of things that have happened in the community. Obviously, I'm close with Young Surf, so it's easy for me to remember that. But that was during the time of Merlin's death, uh, the last his last days or whatever. Surf uh, commemorated him with this, and so uh, he's done one for King Offling as well, and a few other community members have gotten commissioned pieces by him. Again, if you uh, and Golden Eel as well, twins in here, they have pieces. Uh, and if anybody wants a piece, um, reach out to him. He's drawing them at a rapid pace. Uh, yeah, feel free to to DM him or bring him into the library or something. All right, and with that, I think we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we have a word from our sponsor, and then when we come back, it's going to be a conclave talk, everyone, right? Talk to you soon. in extreme conditions, no one wants to wear armor to repel dangerous beasts. This is Raptor Pellant. Formulated with the richest ingredients from Druid of the Southern Plains Lab, all it takes is one full body spray overnight without bathing, and you're good to go. <sighs> Offering the same proven protection as Luda's heavy weights without the clanking, itchiness, and weak spots of ordinary full suit armors. Take comfort and convenience to the extreme. New Raptor Pellant Spray. The number one Druid recommended repellent brand. SP Druids, a family company. Welcome back, everyone, to WAGD Weekly, the community podcast spaces where we cover all things WAGDI. All right, let's hop into uh, Conclave Talk. And we do happen to have, um, let's see, Prince, her silence was up here earlier, but um, you're a Conclave representative, and I know you guys had a meeting yesterday, right? Yep, that is correct. We did, um, and we discussed... It was actually a light meeting. We discussed two different topics. Um, and there's her silence there if he wants to jump in on it too. Maybe I'll pass it to him since he's a more senior member. Now go for it, man. We want to hear your experience. Oh, my experience? My experience has been great. I've been a part of two meetings thus far. Uh, and we've discussed open proposals and um, how best to... Uh, uh, urge them into, um, I guess urge is the wrong word, but how to uh, provide insight into how those proposals could become more fully formed. Uh, a couple of the newer members, myself included, have taken it upon ourselves to be uh, to comment within these posts and, and suggest ideas and things that we've talked about at the meetings. Uh, and then uh, outside of proposals, there have just been some really great discussion threads that have been going on that we've been talking about. There was the uh, what to do with the treasury funds discussion and um, the uh, Merlin engagement uh, discussion, which, um, you know, aren't aren't true proposals at the moment or weren't at the time of discussion. And so we were uh, going in there and sharing our thoughts. But yeah, so far, it's been great. Um, it's been awesome to get into governance. This is really my first foray into any of it. I've, no, I'm new to NFTs in the space. And so uh, this is all new. I'm kind of just absorbing it as much as I can. Yeah, it, um, I've been, you know, there's been a, quite a bit of lively chatter in the uh, 
the Conclave Forum uh, lately about specifically about the about what to do with all of the Conclave funds, not necessarily as projects, but um, there's been requests or, or suggestion that we should be converting some of that to Ethereum. You know, it's all in USDC right now. And um, some people, you know, obviously for operational things like contract deployments and, um, you know, things that need to happen on chain, well, that, that needs ETH to operate. But it's a question of, um, is there an advantage to us uh, converting some of those funds presently versus, you know, at the time of requirement? Um, so it was a, there's a, if you dive into conclave.fateofwagdie.com, you can see a rather lively discussion that uh, uh, about you know the merits of, of this uh, in different forms and, and uh, do participate because it is a big decision. Um, I'm I'm of no means expert enough in uh, trading theory or anything to decide when. Um, to even contribute properly to the conversation as, as to when it would be effective to uh, for the conclave to buy ETH. But I, I do think at some point we will need some for operational stuff. Um, so I, I'm curious how, how that conversation has been going within the conclave since I'm not in those calls. Um, and like, what is the consensus amongst you all so far? I, I would say that um, this is a conversation that I believe, I believe we, we, we all expected to happen eventually, right? I think we talked about it in the first season of Conclave. Um, Hosea, I'm sure, uh, probably recalls where we thought, like, I think we had a brief discussion on it and thought, let's steer away from this discussion because we know where it's going to go, right? Um, you know, somebody's going to want to, you know, invest it in some crazy shit and everybody's going to be arguing over if we're in a bear market, a bull market, posting their charts and everybody wants to buy every single shit coin on the planet, whatever, you know, I didn't think that we would be able to have like a mature, responsible discussion about this and that people, I, I honestly have a hard time believing that anybody can talk about price in a mature and responsible fashion. And uh, I personally, the way that it was presented when it finally came up, I think the the uh, the back and forth has been very thoughtful, and there hasn't been there hasn't been any like the gin trolling. Um, it was so um, such a good conversation that I was like, what the hell? So I had to go in there and comment about like, hey, I think we should do like 10x leverage, you know, and uh, just to see if anybody would bite, you know. But everybody's been somewhat responsible, and I think everybody can come to an agreement about the, uh, you know, we're, we're going to. I believe that. When it goes to snapshot, unless pending community feedback suggesting otherwise, that it will be zero um, percent Ethereum exposure, ten percent, or twenty percent. Um, we don't want to give too many options because then it makes it kind of odd because you could have the majority of the group voting ten percent between ten and twenty percent, but then like one specific like option that's higher up could have a whole lot more votes, but the obvious sentiment is towards a, a smaller number so we tried to keep it you know what i mean like we tried to keep it to like three three different uh options we didn't want to get too too specific about it and i'm just i'm i'm honestly surprised that we had a responsible discussion about it that it didn't get kind of crazy and off topic and people arguing and posting charts i was very surprised about it and, and um i think we've had a very um positive outcome i mean there was some lively debate but it was purely respectful um brennan and Shamara had uh somewhat differing viewpoints but at the end of the day they didn't like they both agreed they kind of came to an agreement and it was it was uh it was positive i i feel like it was positive yeah that's really good to hear um yeah and, and the other thing is like you know going for smaller percentages you know you, it's one of those things that it's it's easy to do incrementally and it's hard to like reverse it, you know things do get uh it's it's you know you can't predict what's going to happen in the market so not jumping in two feet is probably um a wiser move than, than you know not but uh other people have been, i like the, 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 the i'd say that was absolutely the most heated discussion i've seen in the conclave so far and it was very civil um which is a is, is a, a nice thing to, to witness so 
Um, congratulations for everybody keeping their heads, uh, at least for the meantime. Yeah, that, that surprised me. There was another – everything went so well the first season that I thought that either the reward – like, I thought that the one thing that would, like, break the community down into, like, insults and fighting and everything like that, I thought – the one that I was looking forward to the most, or no, I shouldn't say that, um, that I was uh, worried about the most was uh, some of the um, retroactive rewards, which is, that's something we talk about a lot because we, we do talk about precedent a lot. Obviously, we don't make decisions. We don't decide. We, we just look at things and, and, and review them and push them forward. But if something's kind of open-ended, we'll kind of request the, the proposer to, to, to narrow it down and tailor it in such a way that it closes the door on some like open-ended precedent you know what i mean uh, we actually do think about these things quite a bit even though we're not the ones making the proposals and we're not the ones deciding if they pass we're just moving them forward we try and get a lot of clarity and ensure that things are concise and um retroactive rewards went through pretty well um about, about the conclave rep rewards that went through pretty well surprisingly Hosiah's post um uh, about the um, about the tokens for conclave that all of that went better than I expected. I either thought it was going to like boil down into like just hilarious like massive community split or just not go anywhere. And and, and everything's been productive. And and I think it says a lot about the community. Anybody here that's participated in governance before, when it comes to authorizing funds, the like th- this is a very generous community that wants to see it grow because they vote very favorably towards funds when we have an option and we and, and if you notice the snapshots and you say we want to give this much like for uh one of the proposals there's like three different payment um options right and they approved the biggest one and i'm like man this is different than every uh governance situation i've been in the past where everybody's a cheap ass and doesn't want to spend the money you know but um I think that says a lot about our community. The fact that these things have been so civil says a lot about our community. And I have to say, in every conclave as, as representatives, people take the time. I mean, I know we all shit post and talk crap back and forth, but people take the time and put very thoughtful, considerate things in front of each other. And it's great discussion. It's, it's actually some of the healthiest discussion I've seen in, in months. And um, I'm proud to be a member. It's probably going to be in my last time. I hope that in a year, everybody has a chance to be a, a conclave representative because it's really rewarding when like this little nuanced kind of nitpicky stuff about like, maybe we should ask them to, to kind of tailor this on the proposal to not leave the door open for this or that or whatnot, or just trying to get these proposals kind of fine tuned. And then to see it re- re- result in the community voting to spend like a substantial amount of money to empower a builder and to see things come to light that people are putting together that we democratically approved it i mean that's decentralization that's that's what it's all about and that, that's the most rewarding thing and i hope everybody has a chance to take part in that yeah so let's go over there's um on decide.fateofwayguy.com there is a new wip proposal that's up for voting right now um and that is uh the wag guy community recognition awards uh and correct me if i'm wrong in any of this because it is a lot to read and i have a very slow brain um, but the concept is that a new token of Concord is, is going to be created um, that will be under direct control of the Conclave. Um, there is a plan to make 36 of these tokens, and they will be uh, doled out over uh, coming months to award those who... Um, do good works within the conclave rather than having to generate new concepts for um, awards every single time there's a, you know, a term or something like that coming up. Um, could you ex- uh, go into any more detail on what this, this proposal is talking about? Yeah. Uh, I'll speak on it since I'm the one who, uh, who made it, but, you know, just the idea that, you know, originally how, how, tokens or talks i'll call them work was kind of handled was that they a big supply would be given to one person or a guild you know whether that's decrepit or or dark blade guild and then those people or organizations would have the power to you know pass them out and 
you know, there was some stuff we were seeing in the community. This was maybe three weeks ago before I made the proposal where people were doing incredible stuff. You know, think about Brendan and his WAG D64 project on Twitter where he was making pixel art and he was creating like an interactive uh, adventure on it. And, you know, it would have been great to award someone doing that kind of initiative. Right. But but, you know, we didn't have the tokens to do so. Or at least, you know, the people exercising control over those tokens, you know, weren't necessarily engaging in that kind of form of disimbursement. Um, you know, so I, I really wanted to create something more solid and structured where if you've seen someone in the community doing something awesome, that you had, you know, the the ability to go and reward them with something concrete like a token. So obviously not not seeing everyone should you know, has access to that. So that's why it's, it's restricted to the six Conclave members who you guys vote into office. So that's kind of the whole rationale behind it. And, you know, now that it's a shot live to proposal, you know, just the idea that, you know, every six months, at least one person, like, you know, averages out to one person a week doing something cool can kind of get that recognition that uh, they, they deserve. And uh, hopefully it, it's something that inspires people and uh, rewards people who have been, uh, you know, just being a part of Wagdai in the best way that they know how. I think that's pretty important. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, uh, you, you know, you love to see uh, your community get rewarded. And I think the, the Conclave, ha- Conclave having its own token, like there's been some discussion previously about, you know, like, oh, you know, the brushes are for artists and the artificial crystals are for developers and, uh, you know, different tokens meaning or representing certain things within the community um, and having uh, a more um, fluid, you know, just like a, a, a good job, buddy, here you go, uh, you know, kind of kind of system, I think is a lot more flexible. Um, it's it basically free to implement. It, the cost here is, is near nothing. And I think in terms of and, and and they're still super limited tokens like they have a good value to the people who get them um i'm i'm quite in love with this idea i'm really looking forward to uh to, to seeing its implementation um it seems like it's going to pass the the votes are 98 percent for it so i think it's definitely going to uh going to succeed awesome oh i didn't even know it just went live okay you guys work fast Okay. As well, as we approach the tail end of our, our uh, first episode here, I th- we just hit the one hour mark. I think we'd like to end with some uh, community highlights. Um, just shout outs to the things that, you know, we see and that you guys are doing. Um, birthdays is a fun one I want to mention. We know Radicon turned 24. Um, I think it was last week when we had the, uh, the Turlo finale. So he's not here right now, but shout out to him. And uh, Prince Hamdo as well, you had your birthday. It was, uh, what, mid last week? I think you turned uh, 56. Yeah, 56, sorry. 56, okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm older than King. I did not expect that. Just by one year, though. And I saw that uh, Council of Six gifted you uh, a flame of the 21, which is pretty rad. Yeah, I've definitely come up in this world, these forsaken lands. And I can finally uh, be in the same category as King in the Discord. I'm coming for you, buddy. Why? What did I do? You know what you did on Twitter. Don't try to pretend. Listen, appreciating your mother is just in my nature. I I understand. I remember. (laughs) Um, In addition to that... And in addition to a shout out to the happy birthdays, I do want to shout out uh, to a couple new members who joined the uh, the, the Discord this week. Um, we have Ralson, thirty-eight twenty-two, the Silver, and Warchild all made their debut in the library of Wagdai within the last week. So welcome, homies! Uh, hope you're settling in uh, and, and enjoying this space. Uh, sorry if there's anybody I missed. Uh, my search was pretty cursory, and I uh, I hope I got everybody, but. Um, you know, you, you guys, have, there's been plenty more people who joined, but the, you know, you three were active and said hello and everything like that. Um, so appreciate you guys being in here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I hope you're having fun. 
Um, right on. Yeah. And, uh, oh, uh, in terms of other, like, little community projects and highlights and stuff, I just want to give a shout-out to Brennan, who's been um, doing the Wagdai derivative card artwork for the 17. It says he's done 10 of them so far uh, with the other seven, like, pretty well fully sketched. Um, but I, I asked him a couple, he might even be further along than that now. So um, we're going to be seeing some more of that awesome uh, card artwork for the, uh, the 17 characters. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. that's all I've got for community highlights that I've captured this week. Is there anything I missed? That was a good um, that was a good segment highlighting new people to the community. I like that. Um, Ralston is actually he's a founder on another project. Very talented 3D artist. Very uh, uh, he's in game development. He's in a lot of things. He was just so impressed with the community. It, like it just blew him away, and I've been hearing about it. So great guy. Um, I was really impressed that he was so impressed. You know what I mean? Because I, I have a lot of respect for him. So. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks for bringing him into the fold. We uh we had I forget his name. There was this guy who wanted to duel Cold World in the library, and that was pretty cool. We could have seen the first use of um, Ox Thriving has these tokens that you can purchase to duel someone else, and he'll set the whole thing up. So that was kind of fun to see. Uh, yeah, give a clap out as well if you got a little munch lunch money today thanks to poof set uh 64 holder spots for the commoners men and that did incredibly well so shout out to poof he's vacationing right now that's like it felt like it felt like february again Uh, i can't i haven't had any any good mint action in any recent time so that was nice uh i know i've been very anti-alpha uh, in terms of like utilizing the Discord for that kind of stuff, but uh, goddamn, did that go well? Uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want that to color my bias here on out. But uh, damn, but, yeah, the commoners uh, thing was a nice little for me. Oof, I guess I, I did not, I did not mint because I had that feeling exactly, one hundred percent. Yeah, it. Uh, uh, no, it, it, it was like four X by the time I was minting, and it was an easy, uh, easy rolling. Um, but again, I I don't expect that to uh, to be repeatable. I will keep skeptic from from here on out. Well, I will jump one and lose uh, 0.8 ETH or 0.08 ETH. Ready for it? Yep. So, all right. With that, I think we'll wrap up the very first Wag Do Die weekly episode. Once again, everyone, Wag Die is a Web three based project that utilizes theatrical storytelling and fantasy role-playing to create an immersive adventure experience. Thank you, everyone, for coming up and sharing your thoughts, and we'll see you this time again Tuesday next week at 8 p.m. See you, nerds. Peace. Hello.